0: In 1904, Minikishi Takahashi started to dig. He was a 46-year-old strawberry farmer with no background in art or engineering. He had an elementary school education, but he also had a vision. So armed with a pickaxe, he started chipping away at the side of a cliff. He was out there for days, which turned into weeks, which turned into decades. His neighbors would walk by and see him working and say, Gankutsu Hoteiru. In Japanese, that's, he's digging a cave. Slowly, the cave became more and more elaborate. Minikishi Takahashi dug a grand hall, a staircase, balconies, he painstakingly carved crown mouldings, vaulted ceilings and even flower vases from the rock. He carved 3 stories into the cliff face, rooms with doors and windows.
1: mineki san is he's a nobody. He's a, just a guy. But he wants to do something big. He wants to do something that shows the world, like, I'm here, I'm doing things. It's this normal guy doing something amazing.
0: I'm Sarah Wyman, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're going to a town about an hour northeast of Tokyo to see the Gankutsu Hotel. It's a name based on that Japanese phrase for he is digging a cave. But to be clear, the caves are not actually a hotel. They're a magnificent work of art carved into the side of a cliff. We'll hear the story of the man who was digging a cave and an architect and a photographer who are keeping his legacy alive after this.
1: When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself. You might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The Truth Lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com.
0: Hidenori Arai and Tatsushi Karasaki met when they were in kindergarten. They're in their 70s now, and they live on the same street.
1: Hi, um, so Arai-san has just arrived and getting settled.
0: We're going to call them Arai-san and Karasaki-san, it's like saying Mr. Arai and Mr. Karasaki. Arai-san walked to his friend karasaki sans house for this interview. How have you managed to stay friends so long? <laughs> <laughs> it's not.
1: It's not friendship. We're just. We're just close. We're just close to each other physically. <laughs> we're not friends. <laughs>
0: should mention, Arai-san and Karasaki-san do not speak English. And I don't speak Japanese. So today, we have a translator. His name is Frank Walter. Eh, But I don't need to speak Japanese to get a feel for Arai-san and Karasaki-san's dynamic. It's delightfully obvious. Arai-san is a photographer. He wears round glasses and a cool brown turtleneck. Out of the two of them, he's the Joker, the goofy one. Karasaki san is an architect. He's a little more earnest and reserved. He's wearing all black. And he has laugh lines around his eyes, maybe from trying to keep up with his friend Arai san for the past 70 years or so. Anyway, I called Aisan and Karasaki-san to talk about the Gankutsu Hotel because they recently published a book about it. It includes almost fifty photos Araisan took of the site in the late nineteen seventies. And Karasaki-san wrote an introduction to the book, which tells the story of the place and the man who built it. Here's Karasaki-san. <laughs> So, basically, it was kind
1: of close to my house when I was growing up. And as a kid, I would go and visit. And it was this really impressive place that just kind of had this lasting impact on my mind.
0: Hmm. I'm curious, do you remember the first time you went?
1: So, um, the first time I went to the Gankutsu Hotel, was uh, I was a third grader in elementary school. And so when I went inside, basically about a meter, about three feet off of the roof, there was this mist or like kind of cloudy wet from the condensation created because of the Japanese, the very humid summers. And so that was really impressive or really um, inspiring.
0: Araisan was there that day, too. They were part of the same Boy Scout troop. After high school, arai and Karasaki-san went to different universities and started different jobs. They fell out of touch, like childhood friends sometimes do. Until 1978, when they ran into each other on a train. They got to talking about photography, about architecture, and Karasaki-san said, Hey, here's something you might be interested in taking photos of. Remember the Gankutsu Hotel? So they went back together. What was your goal at Ison? What about it were you trying to capture with your camera?
1: So the first thing was, no one had ever taken photos of it before. Wow. Which is radically surprising. Like, you would expect people to have taken photos of it before. And so the thing that I was focused on was being the first person, and as the first person, how to take photos um, that would express it appropriately. so like we, we took some photos at night when it was getting dark and it was almost grotesque kind of how the how it seemed to change in the light. You can see where the holes were cut into the rock. You can see the um, after effects of the tools that were used. Um, to actually open the cave and and create it. It's kind of, it has this very man-made feeling to it, despite the fact that it's kind of surrounded by nature. And then it also has this kind of weight to it that is hard to describe, but also kind of unnatural, especially because, because it's connected in multiple ways and then there's multiple openings in the rock. You can actually hear kind of sounds coming from inside as well.
0: The cliff face, where Minikishi Takahashi started digging in 1904, is made of a type of rock called tuff. It's compacted volcanic ash and dust that looks and feels a little bit like sandstone to the untrained eye, but it's more structurally sound. The facade is painted white, and Minikishi Takahashi carefully carved lines around each of the doorways and windows to look like columns and arches. He filled them in with black and gray paint. So the cliffside looks almost like an illustration that someone's brought to life. It's incredibly graphic and striking. Carving out something on the scale of the Gankutsu Hotel would have been incredibly time-consuming. According to Minakishi Takahashi's son, when his dad spent an entire day digging, he only made it about a foot into the rock. As a reminder, the Gankutsu Hotel is three stories tall. The central Grand Hall alone is 30 feet deep. Minakishi Takahashi spent more than 20 years carving out every inch of this structure. He worked on it until he died in 1925. And he said from the beginning that he expected it to take 100 years to complete. I mean, that's a bold statement for a farmer who's starting his first art project, to take on something that gigantic.
1: Yeah, he said, he he said that. Yeah, he said it was going to take three generations and 150 years.
0: Some people have suggested that Minakishi Takahashi started digging because he wanted to store food in the cold caves or live in them. There are some famous caves literally across the street that date back to the 4th and 7th centuries CE, and people did used to live in there, so it's not unprecedented. But Karasaki-san and Arai-san aren't convinced. Why would you make something this intricate on a three-generation long timeline if you just needed a place to store strawberries? Why do you think he put so much effort into building this? Mm
1: -hmm. It's like it's it's pretty hard to say, right? It's quite difficult. But obviously he wanted to create something that would last. That would last as I was here, it's it's this is my legacy. But,
0: but, Karasaki-san points out that in the late 1800s and early 1900s, when Minikishi Takahashi was alive, Japan was going through a huge amount of industrialization and modernization, changing from a feudal society to one that prioritized education and technological advancement. It ended its isolation policy and started looking to the West for inspiration. So,
1: And so that's in the background, right? That's what we, like, you can kind of assume that that's all going on in his mind and in his experiences when he's starting to this project.
0: Minikishi Takahashi would have grown up in a house without electricity. He would not have learned chemistry in school. But he was curious. And that shows up in the castle he dug out by hand, which includes a telephone booth he carved out of the rock and a laboratory.
1: But if you look at the actual construction of the laboratory, it's not something that you could actually do science or experiments in. Um, And if you think about, at the time, there was maybe four or five, maybe six phones in all of Saitama Prefecture at the time. He's not going to be putting a phone line in there. And so... I, it's hard for me to think that he actually created it with the intention of it being used. That it was something that is more of a dream. It's more of an expression than it is, no, in the laboratory, we're going to do science. So for me, one thing is it's, it's showing the world, like, a normal person's desire, a normal person's idea of creating something that would last, a normal person's legacy. Um, because if you think about, like, it's it's this man who grew up in this tumultuous time, and he he had this idea, and he wanted to create it. And then there's this second interesting thing of like he started creating it when he was forty-six
0: karasaki sam compares the Gankutsu Hotel to Ferdinand Cheval's Palais Ideal in France and Simon Rodia's Watts Towers in L.A. It's a work of art created by someone who others might not necessarily have appreciated as an artist.
1: It's really these kind of older men creating these kind of legacy monuments that are not associated with any sort of technical skill or anything like that. And I think that that's really important. It's really hard to describe exactly what that thing is, what, what that what that feeling is that, that causes them to do that. But my hope is that maybe not everyone. It's kind of like it's 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 an ephemeral kind of feeling or idea. But for people who read the book and look at the photos to kind of see that and kind of think about that in their own life and kind of think about what what kind of pushes these men to do these um these things that kind of no one else understands (laughs) Um, and that kind of leave a legacy that is still quite mysterious.
0: Minikishi Takahashi intended for the Gankutsu Hotel to be a multi-generational project, a legacy his son and his son would continue for him after he died.
1: But, like, that's his dream. It's not necessarily his son's dream. Like, you can't force your dream on other people. So he did bring his son, and when his son was uh, a child, he had him like, come on, you gotta dig, you gotta dig. And his son did, because, like, it's his dad, and he wants to help. But his son didn't share the same aspirations there. And so it's very interesting, this man who has this huge dream, but it's really only his, mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't continue.
0: Minakishi Takahashi's son did do preservation work on the hotel through the 1970s. He also opened it to the public and sold tickets. But in 1985, the land above the hotel collapsed into the second story. It was filled with dirt. Parts of the facade shed off in big chunks. The property was closed after that. And in the years since, Minakishi Takahashi's descendants have sold it to the government. They're hopeful that in the future, they might turn it into a state park or something and put some money into repairing and preserving it. But in the meantime, the Gankutsu Hotel is completely closed to the public. The first and last person to ever professionally photograph it was Arai-san. Arai-san and Karasaki-san's book ends with a postscript. The last sentence just says, Here, the Gankutsu Hotel exists.
1: It's that double meaning of the Gankatsu Hotel is in this place, but it's also in my mind, it's also in my memories, it's in the photos that I took, and it's expressing both that Even though it's now just a collection of holes in a mountain wall, it's still here in my mind. It's still locked away where I can remember it. And through these photos, I can show people what it was and um, express it as I understood it and as I discovered it.
0: Special thanks to Frank Walter for all of his help with translating this episode. Thanks also to Arai-san and Karasaki-san for taking the time to talk to me. I asked them where listeners can purchase a copy of their book if they'd like to support their work. And Karasaki-san said that if you are interested, you can email us and we'll put you in touch with them. Although arai also mentioned that he hasn't quite figured out how to make photo books profitable yet.
1: This is, this is what arai said. Yeah, but like, I'm losing money on every book. It's, I'm in the red. Ra- I'm, selling, I'm selling these books for 8,000 yen. But these books cost me 12,000 yen to make. So like, the more I sell, the poorer I get. <laughs>
0: This podcast is a co production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was edited by Tracy Samuelson. Our production team includes
2: Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka,
0: Camille Stanley,
2: Willis Ryder Arnold, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire,
0: Amanda McGowan, Johanna Mayer, Gabby Gladney, Gianna Palmer,
2: John Delore, Casey Holford.
0: This episode was mixed by
2: Luce Fleming.
0: I'm Sarah Wyman. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Witness Docs from Stitcher.
2: The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.